It's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Boy, let's go. Tuesday has messed around and gotten here. What's up, everybody? I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Howdy, 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 everybody. It is Tuesday here in the Bureau. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. I've got several things we need to cover. All right. Coming up later in the show, a couple of pet peeves of mine that I never would have thought of had they not happened to me right in front of my face, okay, earlier today in my hometown, the great all-American city of Tupelo, Mississippi. They happen within about 20 minutes of each other, okay? That's coming up, and it's a couple of pet peeves that I guarantee you are pet peeves of yours. I guarantee you there are things we need to cover on the air almost as a public service announcement to anyone listening, and I guarantee you it's things that Beaver has a strong opinion on so that's coming up later (laughs) i just need a little time to simmer down before i start talking about them you can tell that it's still fresh it just it happened recently all right uh there is a really cool story about a young man from the state of mississippi and some things that are happening to him in pro sports we're going to cover all this coming up later on your thoughts opinions otherwise via text phone call comments on the live stream all of that but first, we are one day closer to kickoff. Fire up the band. Let's go. No, I'm not watching game day on Saturday. I'm too grown for that. All the pregame stuff. Let me just tell you something right now, okay? By the time we get to Saturday, the last thing I'm going to want to do is partake of any more media hype and preview it. Because Saturday will be a game day, and we're one step closer to that. <laughs> but my question for you is, and, and it's almost like beating a dead horse because this has come up before, I know, here on, on this show and others, but my question for you is this. Is, is Mississippi State um, responsibly underrated by our regional and even maybe to a degree national, but but certainly our regional media, are they responsibly underrated or are they egregiously underrated? Like, which is it? <laughs> I got a question for you. Now, and it's a weird one, I know, but I'm, we're about to parse this thing out just a little bit, okay? It's, it's just obvious that this has been one of those preseason lead-ups that state is what? They, they, nobody's high on them in terms of regional folks, you know, and like your media, media days, we've been through that whole exercise and all these different things. And what I want to know is is this one of those years where there's there's maybe legitimate reasons, concerns to hold off or to you know, under-predict state. State's kind of always, you know, it seems like that way for 10 or 15 years in a row now. 
always sort of underpredicted in the preseason? Or is this one of those where you look at it and you, you're kind of like me, I'm, uh, okay, we're not going to argue about it. You don't have to agree with me. Set me straight if I'm wrong. But if you're kind of like me, it's almost a little bit, uh, ir- they, to me, they look a little bit irresponsibly underrated. And maybe even not justifiably. Like nobody can give you a straight answer as to why they're picking them last in the division going into the year. Nobody can really give you a straight football answer as to why. So if you can, hit me up and let me know. And I'm going to give you a real treat. As I give you the numbers so that you can call and text and comment and be a part of the show, I've already gotten a text from an unnamed texter on the Country Pleasing text line that said, just give us some boom. So I'll do that little sonic boom for you here as I give out the numbers. How about that? Now think on it. Is state responsibly underrated going into the year and underpredicted? Or is it is it not justifiable? That's what I want to know. And yeah, maybe it's a little bit of an oxymoron, so maybe responsible isn't the right word. Uh, text me on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-3776. the number to call the Divini Equipment phone line. Comment on the live stream. Here we go. That's your sonic boom, a little taste at the beginning of the show. That If that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. All right, and yeah, if you're on the live stream, hey to y'all, uh, drop a comment on the live thread right there, the live comments thread. And like I told you yesterday, stay tuned. At the end of the week, I'm going to introduce someone to you that's going to be an everyday part of the live comments thread here on the show. And uh, you're going to want to you're going to want to know that. You're going to hear about them. Uh, first comment I got today, even before the show began, was on the uh, YouTube thread from Kobe, who said, uh, State's going to prove everybody wrong. Will gave me a happy Tuesday. Back at you, Will. Thanks for being here and being part of the show, as always. Appreciate you listening. Uh, David said, let's go. Hail State, everyone. Hello, Matt and Beaver. Four days. David is counting down the days. Dorothy's in on Facebook and says, hey, Matt. Gave me a hey, Matt Wyatt. She went all Beaver on me. Went, hey, Matt Wyatt, Hale State, and uh, Will enjoyed the Sonic Boo and said, let's go. Why can't the famous Maroon Band play this before every game? Yeah, this, that particular song, Coming to America, and then you got uh, Neck. And the JSU Cheer, that's one of my favorites, okay? And so when I was watching, uh, somebody brought it up yesterday, I was watching a replay, it was on YouTube, you know, YouTube video of the halftime show for the Sonic Boom this past Saturday over in Atlanta. They did a Tina Turner tribute. It was phenomenal. It was fantastic. Go look it up if you haven't already. And at the very end of it, the last thing they did before they exited the field was they did the JSU cheer. You know what time it is. Come on! 
And if that wasn't enough, get the hair on the back of my neck standing up. This will. A little hot coffee out of my thermos from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Whew. That is a new uh, blend that they have that they've created there. Sam and Dan and the guys called Trifecta. And I really like it. It's my first time to try it. All right. So um, to the question, and I'm going to give you some reasoning behind asking the question, all right? And your comments. What's behind? What is it? Is it justifiable? Or is there something else behind it? What is it behind the sort of underrated nature of everything? All the talk, there's no... You know, state's not in anybody's top 25. A lot of people picked them last in the division this year, all this. What do you think about it? Ronnie said they are egregiously underrated. Jason in Flagstaff said it's not, quote, he says, responsibly underrated. He said, I'm very concerned about the first month or so, but I don't see a legitimate reason to go 4-8 and eight outside of disaster. See, and kind of a version of what I said yesterday, Jason, right? Like if you look up and they're – knocking on four to five wins, well, that means disaster, right? Like either somebody really important got hurt, or more than one, or the offensive experiment would, would have to be a disaster for that to be the case. And that's the way I see it also. Now, those are things that are unknowns, but that's kind of how I feel about it also. Tim said, probably because of the coaching change and more specifically the offense, right? So, transition, you know, turning it over, back over again. It's like when, when Leach came in with the air raid in 20, it was turning the apple cart over and rebuilding it from scratch. And now they're, they're looking at it like it's turning it back over again. But um, I think going from what they were to the air raid, a little tougher transition than transitioning back. That's what I think. Plus now you got the portal. It's a little more greased, and they've been able to put players in there. Daniel in Madison said, Matt, it's just laziness. He said, I believe a lot of these writers and supposed experts just go with bigger names for clicks and likes. And I think that's part of it, too. Not all, but there are definitely some out there, Daniel, that that's, that is it. It's a little bit about attention, right? Especially if you go to somewhere outside of Mississippi. Let's be honest. Like if you go somewhere outside of Mississippi, you go to Alabama, you know, and, and let's don't say one of the Alabama teams, Alabama-Auburn, which is a given. But, you know, for, for an audience over there, for somebody putting something out, you know, or making a pick, um, are they going to get a little more engagement from their folks by talking about A&M or, and building up A&M or doing state, right? It, there you go. I mean, it's going to be a little more controversial, A&M, right? So there's some of that. Ashton Texas show and said state is definitely going to be responsible. Uh, uh, says okay, so they make he thinks they're going to have ten wins this year. Uh, he says everybody's sleeping on real Will Rogers. That's from Ashton, and he predicted ten wins. Uh, somebody texted me and said, Matt, I really like your use of the words responsible and irresponsible because I feel like that. The reason Mississippi State is being predicted so low for some is because they're more ignorant of the situation than they realize and haven't done their homework. So I feel like irresponsible is a good word to use. He said it's not that they're just flat-out dumb, but they just haven't done their homework. That is an excellent point. I don't have a name. It's an unnamed texture, but it's a good jumping-off point here real quick to this. Okay, and it's a, 
It's something I sent out on Twitter yesterday after looking at the depth chart. I didn't realize it had come out, but the game notes went out yesterday when they had the press conference. And someone here on the show said, hey, Matt, are you surprised by anything on the depth chart? And then I realized we had a depth chart. So after the show, I went and looked at it. And some of the things I already knew, because we've talked about it here on the show, but when you look at it in front of you on paper, it it carries a little bit of a different um, emphasis. All right? And this is what jumped out at me. The sheer number of seniors on the two-deep depth chart. One quick point, and then I'm coming to the phone line. And, and it's going to take us a little bit to hash through this. But I counted it up. Offensively, defensively, the depth chart that came out yesterday, 27 seniors in your two deep on offense and defense. 27 total seniors. And get this, 11 of those 27 are grad seniors. So when you're talking about a grad senior that is – you, that, that with a COVID year, you're talking about a whole lot of older guys. Now, maybe there are some other teams, and I have not researched everybody else's roster. And it's not grouped either. It's totally spread out. Every single position on the field on offense has at least one senior at the top of the depth chart, if not two. Only one position on the entire defensive depth chart doesn't have a senior at the top of its depth chart in the top two guys. Only one position. That's one of the safety positions. Everything else. So in your entire two deep on offense and defense, 27 total seniors, from seniors to redshirt seniors to grad seniors, 27 of them, and every position on the field has a senior, at least one in the two deep, except one position. So 21 of 22 starting positions have at least one senior in its two deep. A bunch of them have two. With eight home games and an easier schedule than you had last year in which you won nine of those. So tell me what we're justifying all this on. That's just all I want to know. We this may, this may blow up and become a disaster, but tell me what you're basing it on if you're pick it, picking them at the bottom. That's what I want to know. What are you basing it on? Give me an answer. All right, over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Chris on line one. Thanks for calling, Chris. What's up? Hey, Matt. Appreciate you getting this on. Love your show. Um, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, obviously, with Zach coming in, new coach, uh, I, I feel like if Mike was still there, uh, they probably wouldn't be picking us as low. Yeah. Uh, I do believe it is laziness on, the, on, their, on their part of the media. They're constantly underrating you, our guys since I've been a fan since birth. Um, and I think that uh, probably to change the offense a little bit, it's real easy to say they're going to struggle. But the point you're making about all the seniors, people have no idea the importance of a locker room filled with veterans like this. Right. You're talking about guys that are 22, 23 years old sometimes now with these grads. They've been playing for four or five years plus. Yep. This benefit And you look at Kentucky last year, and I'm not a big, I've never been sold on them, but I knew they would be on a formidable opponent last year simply because they had so many seniors. They were such an old team last year. 
Yeah. And you see it in basketball now where these teams that maybe they're a small market, small team, but they've had their team around for three, four years together, and they make deeper runs than these big-name programs because of the familiarity and the continuality in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. And, and I would echo that, too. That's one thing for me. And that's I, I, jumped out at me from the get-go. I generally would look at State's offensive line over the last couple of months and go, man, I'm looking at this, and like six or seven of the top eight linemen they have, including all five starters, are going to be seniors and old guys. So if you keep them healthy, I'm just saying for me as a former player, what a big deal that is. I don't think people understand what a big deal that is. Now, sure, there. if you had a – let's say this, Chris. Wouldn't you agree with this? If you had a team coming back full of seniors that had only won two games last year, then we're like, so what? Okay, Correct. but it's but if you take you take Mississippi State's roster right now, change their uniforms and put it on some of these other quote bigger name programs. Boom. There's no way that they're going to predict them to be where they are. Well, let me ask you this: a returning senior quarterback. Yeah, what if the what we're talking about? You said it: returning senior quarterback and all these seniors. What if this was Arkansas? What would they be saying? They would be ever the media would be all. I think they would be a lot more hyped. Uh, hey, I if think it was A and M, a lot more predictions. Top twenty-five. Yeah, look at A and M. If it was A and M, everybody'd be predicting this A and M roster uh, to maybe win the division. I promise you, they would. That's a really good point, Chris. Well, it's just it is frustrating as a state fan, but what I always enjoy is that pretty much every year, no matter what they're predicting, I can always count on them not being where they are <laughs> at the bottom and. <laughs> I can promise you this, there's a lot of teams, the people that are in football, they know better, they don't want to play this much this year. No, you're right Especially about if they get off to a good start. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with it. Thanks, Chris. Excellent call. Let me hear from you more often. Thank you. Yeah, don't be a stranger. All right, we got Ronnie hanging on line two. So let's flip it over to line two. Ronnie, thanks for being pre- patient. What's up? Oh, not much. Matt, how you doing? Doing great. Good to hear from you. Uh, look here, man. I, I I think a lot of it's bias. I do. I, I think a whole lot of it's bias because if you don't go back as I've been a state fan for years. <laughs> I'm I'm fifty. I'm fifty eight years old, man. You know, I, I if you don't go back for years, man. I don't I don't know what where it started or why it started, but they're, they're, every every year they they're picking these top twenty fives, and, and you always see state at, at the bottom of their list. You know, they, uh, it's like it's like they they got certain schools they want to pump up and certain schools they want to keep down, and I, I don't understand it myself. But that, that that's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't see them. I don't. I, I'm like you on this. If if it was another name on that shirt, they they wouldn't be nowhere where they're at right now. That's they, right. They'd be up there a whole lot higher than what they are now. In terms of it, predictions. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, because. Man, there's no way, and you know what, that, that, that you can't you can't sit there and look at that roster and tell me they're going to finish as, as bad as they're predicting them to be. That it's just it's stupidity on on the, on, the, on their part, and, and it's laziness. And I, like I said, I, I think a lot of it's got some bias to it, and I, I don't know where it comes from or who started or how it started, but there there is a bias to this because you'll you'll see teams like like like, like Kentucky. What do they do to them every year now? They, they try and pump them up, pump them up there to be it. And I'm telling you, 
there, there's no there's no reason for this, there, and, uh, and there's no re- reason for the laziness they put put towards the effort of finding out anything about state. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's my thought on it. Oh, and I hope you have a good day, man. God bless y'all. Tell Beaver I said hi. All right, we'll do, Ronnie. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. Beaver, Ronnie says hi. So look, um, that's two calls. And really in different ways, you know, one said you put different jerseys, another said it's biased if it was another team. There is no way around this fact, okay, <clears throat> that there is something out here and it's not a necessarily so much a tangible thing. I guess it's people behind it, but I call it the hype machine. The hype machine will follow certain teams and certain people around. It happens most years. Okay, in our state, for example, this is a fact. It happened last year. The hype machine will generally follow Ole Miss around. And it's certainly going to follow Lane Kiffin around. I don't know that he necessarily likes it. (laughs) But it's going to follow Ole Miss around. And it it didn't happen last year. And anybody with half a brain, watch them play and watch the first half. But it's not just Ole Miss, it's others. The hype machine will follow certain places and certain people. It doesn't follow state around, and it never has. But this year has felt a little different in that it's harder to see what anyone is justifying these under-prediction takes on. Now, I know we're going to see it play and play out. When I look at that depth chart, you give me 27 seniors – that have played a lot of football and won nine games last year. I like my chances. More of your comments coming up. Stick around. From the amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. Well, at least one person agrees with me. That would be over here on the uh, live comments thread on the live stream. Josh says, I agree with you totally, Matt. (laughs) Great. Josh, I like the way you think. (laughs) Um, Roshana commented on Facebook on the live stream and said, experienced players are great. That also means we have a lot of spots to fill when they leave. And there is a lot of truth to that, Roshana, but you know one interesting thing about it. When you break down the senior numbers, okay, so so anybody listed as a senior on the roster right now is either a fourth, fifth, or sixth-year player. But a lot of those fourth- and fifth-year players, because of the COVID year in 2020, which is free to everyone, after this season, they will have an option to come back if they want to. kind of depends on where they are. That, that's all of it. Now, it's my understanding I said, okay, so 11 of the 27 seniors that are in your two deep. I'm not not three deep, two deep. 11 of the 27 seniors in the two deep depth chart are listed as grad seniors, so I would think that would be their final year. But you take like Will Rogers, okay? So at, at QB, Will Rogers is listed as a senior. Well, this is his fourth year. He's not redshirted at any point. He played 20, 21, 22, now 23, senior, right? But we know, number one, he hasn't redshirted. Number two, he's got a COVID year. He absolutely can come back again if he wants to. So 
everybody listed. And so you got seniors listed. You got redshirt seniors listed, which I would believe would be your fifth year guys. This will be their fifth year. And then the grads are in their sixth year. So it's not all just because they're listed. COVID means we got to do the math. And just because they're listed as senior, a lot of those guys can still come back, and a lot of them will. So to the people who react to that and go, well, that means we're losing 27 guys on next year's team. Not theoretically. The truth about it is, uh, the, you know, it's, it's less certain because of the transfer portal. But, you know, when you're a member of the SEC, you can get transfers in. That oftentimes help you too. It's it's easier to recruit transfers to the SEC than maybe other conferences. Um, all right, so let's get into the text line here. Unnamed texture said something about what famous maroon band. Why, oh, I said somebody said why didn't the famous maroon band play that? And then another person texted and said because the famous maroon band is not that type of band and and they do they are a little different right uh unnamed said some of us enjoy college game day the individual college atmosphere by itself is worth a watch yeah i you know i guess it's true like you go to a campus or whatever i just you know but it's for me and i've been this way for a few years now i just couldn't hang in there with it anymore i don't know if it's like, you know, programming changed or the way they did it changed, it didn't hold my attention. About 90% of what was said was really stupid. And I enjoy seeing the hollering, screaming fans and reading the signs, but once you've done that in the first couple of segments, then I'm out on it. It does not, it's just not any good anymore to me. And so I certainly don't watch it on game days. But that doesn't mean someone has to feel about it the way I do. And many people, I'm sure, still do watch it. Uh, Bill Texas Show says, Matt, if you look up some of the more prominent sports writers from the different media outlets and chart their predictions over the last five years, you'll probably see the same thing I saw. They consistently underrate and underpredict Mississippi State by two to three wins every year. He said, I just did it over the last five years. I think if you looked at 24-7 Sports, ESPN, Sporting News, he said, I might have done Athlon as well, but I can't remember. He's driving right now. Yeah, so um, that will be... If it happens again this year, we need to go through the exercise and put some names on it. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, says a big difference between this and Leach's first year is they only had like 12 minutes of offseason practice before the game started back in 20. That's right. They had no spring, you know, uh, an abbreviated, weird fall, and they didn't play in front of fans. And it was a really odd deal. And they, didn't have, they did not have returning or any experience at quarterback you know, in that uniform, that's a little different now. Norman, Texas show. Coffee Norman says, Matt, State looks great on paper. He says, what's the best a first-year coach has ever done at State? Even Joe Moorhead had the best defense in the nation and underachieved. He said, I'm concerned, but this uh, head coach change wasn't due to any issues, and it was an in-house hire. He says, I think eight to nine wins is very possible. Well, it's like every year. I mean, you got to beat some people, right? I mean, that have good players and good coaches, but that's no different than any other year. Um, NWR Mike, which I guess stands for Northwest Rankin, maybe, um, says, Matt, I'm excited for Coach Arnett and the team, but that's why I really would have liked to see what Coach Leach could have done with this team full of seniors. Yeah. Me too. I mean, a lot of others would have liked to have been able to see it. 
Uh, Jake from Yazoo says, I'm glad y'all are in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, hitting the airwaves today. Happy Tuesday. He says, no comment comments. I was lambasted or lambasted this AM. So just listening eagerly to you guys. Oh, really? So you got made fun of? For what? I, I, would, I would like to know. Um, Res Dog text the show says, I've been watching Swamp Kings. Uh, the years that they won the championship is when they had a very experienced team with leaders on both sides of the ball. He says, we may not win a championship. We dang sure ain't finishing last. That's kind of the way I feel about it, too. You know, I remember that 98 team we had, 1998. They picked us last in the preseason. We won the West. Leaders on both sides of the ball. And we went through some stuff, too, that year. But uh, uh, the older players really do. The older players really do make a humongous difference. David and Brandon texted on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves all around the Southeast. It is the best. Try it. You'll see what I'm talking about. 885-3776, a number to text. David says, Matt, why do you think they're being picked so low? Well, I kind of touched on it a minute ago. I think, I do think there's laziness. I do think there's, you know, we live in a time where our media more than ever before uh, chases two things. They brand chase and they click chase. Our media does that more now than they ever have before. Maybe it's a necessity for some. I don't know. But uh, I think I think there's some of that. I really do. Because you just, like somebody said, they did the research just for five years. You go to several major publications and their writers, they do their picks, compare it all those years, and State is consistently finishing with two to three wins more than they predict. And State's one of the few examples of always being underpredicted. And there are also a, a few examples of always being overpredicted. I wonder who those are. Well, it's, it's pretty easy to see that, you know. We just have a... We live in a very lazy media world, and it and that goes for college, the college football media world too. Probably not as lazy as some other arenas, but <laughs> and we live in a very lazy media world. Uh, Daniel and Madison said that they've wanted State to be the Vanderbilt of the West ever since the conference split, and we've had a lot of teams here recently, anyway, in the last 25, 30 years who've sort of upset that. We had a stretch there in the early 2000s that we were good and terrible, but, uh, yeah. Hogjowl texts the show. What's up? He says, I think Mississippi State and Arkansas are both irresponsibly underrated. By the way, this country meat packer sells sweet caps. Oh, the, the ca sweet caps that I wear. He said, I especially like the one with the red hog you're wearing. Yeah, they've got them. Now, this is sort of an older style where it's just plain with the red hog like on the logo. Uh, but you, I get, they do sell lots of different hats and stuff there. And they've all pretty much all got a hog on it <laughs> in some shape, form, or fashion, hog jowl. So go check it out. Uh, Louvier says, this is pretty big news. The Saints traded Will Lutz, kicker, to the Broncos. That means they're going to keep the rookie, Blake Grupp, or is it Group? From Notre Dame, says he looks like he's 14 years old. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that one up. I'm not uh, real real sure on that. Okay, and uh, we got more texts and more comments we can shake a stick at. Doing the best I can. So to everybody that's on YouTube, Facebook, thanks for your comments. Keep them coming. We're going to get to some of those right now. Over to the phone line, the Divinity Equipment phone line. Next Gen Reb on line one. Thanks for calling, Next Gen. What's up? 
Hey, Matt. How are you doing today? Great. Good to hear from you. Good to speak to you as well. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to comment on, on State and where they're going to finish because I, I'm not informed enough, and that would be ignorant of me to do so. Um, you know, I, I trust your input, and I, I hope State does do well. But I will say from a small-time media perspective because, you know, I, I don't, you may or may not know, but kind of what I'm doing now on the side is I've got a, a media outlet that I write for in baseball, uh, mostly, you know, during, during springtime. And we are competing with companies like Baseball America, D1 Baseball, 24-7 Sports, you know, stuff like that. And, and I think the one thing we really pride ourselves on is we probably watch more baseball than all of those guys combined. Hmm. I mean, we take in a lot of the sport. And I think there's two different types of smaller media. There's the ones that are trying to compete with those companies by getting the story out fast and by making clickbaity titles. And there's also small media companies that pride themselves in trying to be better than those companies. So I, I would, I would uh, try to encourage people to find those smaller companies like that, those smaller media outlets. Right. And, and look and see, you know, are they putting out clickbaity titles all the time? Are they trying to post stories before they break? Or are they legitimately watching more football and more film and, and looking deeper into the rosters and trying to put out a more important opinion? And it's a really good point, Next Gen. And, and you're right. You know, we do, we don't have any shortage. You can find good stuff and real stuff if you want it. Uh, it's just like the big box is has kind of become flimsy and cheap, you know, and so you're right. Y'all do a great job. Thanks for the phone call. Good to hear from you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. More coming up in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Whether it's about winning the game or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. Back with you. Chris from Warner Robins, Georgia, texting the show on the country-pleasing text line. He says, my papa used to always say, state don't never get any love. <laughs> He said, it's something that we talked about seemingly every preseason. It appears Will Rogers is ready to prove all the experts wrong. Hail State. Thanks for the uh, text, Chris. Uh, G in Florence said, hey, Matt, hope you're doing well. When preseason magazines come out, I wondered why State was ranked so low by Athlons after finishing 8-4 and the regular season, 9-4 and overall. So I looked a couple of years ago when A&M finished 8-4 and in the regular season. They came in ranked number six in the country at the beginning of the next year. Crazy. <laughs> a great point. And then he gave me a verse to look up, James 4, verse 8. I'm going to do that later. Thanks, G. In Florence, good to hear from you. And uh, Chuck commented here on the uh, live thread, the comments live thread on the live stream. It says, I was up in Boonville over the weekend, found a couple of country-pleasing flavors I've never had before at one of the local, local grocery stores. Can't wait to try them. Chuck, um, I'd love to know what those flavors are. Really, tell, tell me what they are. What's up, Houston on Facebook? Good to hear from you, my man. Houston says on the live thread, what do you think about Seth Davis? Yeah, he's a um, freshman, running back, small guy. Yeah, he's like a, you know, the whole, the whole thing they used to say, 
you know, he's so quick. You can't get a hand on him in a phone booth. It, you know, he is, he brings a different element. Um, and, and he's going to play, and there's a reason he's on that depth chart, and he's a really good player. And, you know, the thing about it is uh, in, in games, you bring in a guy who's out of high school in games, one thing is a lot of times not speed, not elusive ability. It's kind of, you know, adjusting during a game, taking the beating. You know, hits take more of a toll when you're first into college, you know, getting used to that. And for a running back, securing the ball, right, fumbling, those kinds of things. All right. I have to switch the subject for just a minute. we got a long way to go today. Okay, and in, in coming up in hour two, I'm going to let you hear just a few snippets, not a long portion, but a few snippets of things that were said yesterday from Will Rogers about disrespect, Arnett about preseason predictions, Lane Kiffin on who's going to play quarterback for Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin on does he like the new rule uh, that um, – Speeds the clock up. You know, it doesn't slow things down after a first down period. The clock just keeps going after you make a first down. All of that and more. And Harbaugh up at Michigan said something that, um, you know, you're going to hear a lot about. So that's all coming up in hour two. But right now, I've just got to flip it over. i got to talk to my man Beaver for just a second. Because it's been too long. Too much flapping about football. We need to check in with Beaver. Beaver! So, Matt Wyatt, you yes. stumbled upon something. Okay. What you've done here, because we had fishing till football. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. football is here. Football's here. Therefore, fishing for fishing till football technically isn't current. Right. But your new show, since football is here, you just said flapping about football. <laughs> There's the new title. <laughs> flapping about football. I like it. Flapping. We don't use the word flapping enough, do we? (laughs) All right. I'm about to flap my gums, Beaver, about a couple of pet peeves of mine. They both happened today. In my hometown, the beautiful city of Tupelo, Mississippi, the all-American city, Tupelo, Mississippi. And they happened within 20 minutes of each other. And I told the homecoming queen, I said, would you do me a favor and send me a text with a reminder of those things? Because I need to ask Beaver about both of these. All right. Here is the first one. Beaver, why don't people who drive cars understand and realize and know that most situations, unless otherwise deemed by a sign, you can turn right on red? Have you noticed this issue, this rampant issue that somewhere along the way, hundreds of thousands of drivers don't realize they can turn right on a red light when nothing's coming? Have you noticed this? Yes, I can remember specific examples, too. So, yes, indeed. Okay. I have noticed it as well. Folks, listen. This is a public service announcement. Especially if you're in your car right now, that means if you're legal, you are of age and you have a driver's license, which means you took a test to get your driver's license. And I know for a fact it was on the test. So whether or not you studied that part of it or not, spread the word. 
If you're sitting at a red light and you want to turn right and you got your blinker on, if that light is red and there's nothing coming, you can turn right. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is legal. It is taught on a test. Stop sitting there holding everybody up, waiting for it to turn green. If you're going to drive, know the rules. All right. Here's the next one, Beaver. Why do people do this? I pulled up at a uh, doctor's office. I had to go in and get something for Annabeth this morning. I pulled up in a parking space. It, it doesn't matter which one, but the one I pulled into was like a first space here next to a curb. I opened my door to get out of my car. When you know, so picture this: the door opens. You swing your left leg out and are about to put your left foot on the ground. Every person in the world who exits the driver's side of a car in America, the first thing to touch the ground is their left foot. Can we agree on that? If they have one. And Beaver, in the exact spot where anyone who parks in that parking spot is going to step some person has taken their, you know, smokeless tobacco, has taken the dip out of their lip and thrown it onto the ground right there in the very spot where anyone who parks here must step first. Beaver, are you aware of this issue as well? I have never... I don't think I've ever encountered the specific with the dip, but people are rude and inconsiderate, especially in parking lots, so I can completely picture it. Yes. Guys, and I know it's not all guys, okay? There's some women who, they like a little Copenhagen also. <laughs> I'm sure. But it's mostly you good old boys, okay? And all y'all love you. Do what you want to do. I'm not judging you for doing it, even though it was responsible for the early demise of one of my childhood heroes, Tony Gwynn, and I will never think positively about dip, okay, smokeless tobacco. But listen, if you do that, why? Why? What about you would think to yourself, this is a good idea. I will take all of this out and throw it all on the ground right here where the next person who comes here will have no choice but to either step on it or have to go out of their way to get around it. The one spot, there's a, there's a flower bed, literally, with mulch in it, right next to where this happened. And some selfish idiot takes it out and throws it on the ground right there. Think about other people. Think about other people. Okay, you want to do that. It ain't somebody else's responsibility to have to avoid your discarded dip out of your nasty lip. Stop throwing it on the ground everywhere out in public. Stop putting it in a parking lot right on the edge of a parking space where when someone gets out, they're going to step in it unless they're looking closely. Nobody wants to step in that. And, and back to the original point. Y'all, I'm just going to repeat it again. 
there are some things, some intersections, where it will say, the sign will tell you otherwise. They are rare, 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 rare. They are very rare. If the red light is red, the stoplight, if the stoplight is red, and you're turning right, there ain't nobody coming, you can go ahead and go. It's a, it's a law. It says it on the driver's test. Why haven't people from Itawama County and Pontotoc County and Prentice County, okay, and, uh, and Lee County, all around here where I live, why didn't people learn that? And here's the thing about it. If they don't know that and you beep them, you honk the horn, beep, beep, what are they going to think? They don't know they can go. They're going to look at you and go, I can't go anywhere. And you're going to be screaming with your windows shut going, you can go. Turn right. And, you know, I mean, it shouldn't be my responsibility to tell people how to drive. Pass the word. Tell a stranger today. It's legal to turn right on red unless otherwise noted by a sign. Okay, rant over. Back to football in hour two. That's what's coming up in just a bit. What did Will Rogers say? He's keeping receipts, y'all. He's keeping receipts. Stick around.